Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, November 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Well, the Chiefs did it again. They found a way to make a game close, and they won. It's what they do. This time, they held on to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-24. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were amazing, and the defense was better than it had been the last few games. The Stars A-Team covered these topics on our post-game show called Sportsbeat Live, which now is a Sportsbeat KC podcast. You'll hear from Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope. We break down the game and cover all the relevant topics. So let's get going talking Chiefs Bucks. Hey, welcome to Sportsbeat Live, the Stars Chiefs post-game show, where we talk to the people who cover the Chiefs, and we talk to you with your questions and comments. And tonight we've got a 27-24 Chiefs victory to discuss, uh, victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks. And my first thought about this game was it doesn't seem to matter who the Chiefs play. It doesn't matter where they play. It doesn't matter about the quality of the opponent. Hall of Fame quarterback or no, the Chiefs are going to find a way to take the game to the last couple of minutes and even – um, even the last couple of seconds, um, as was the case tonight. So Chiefs win. They improved to, what, 10-1, and one, firm control of the AFC West and, um, and hold on to the number two seed in the, in the playoff race behind the undefeated Steelers who don't play until Tuesday against the Baltimore Ravens, and we'll, we'll see if that game even gets played. So you guys know the drill. Please send us your questions and comments. We'll get to them as soon as we can. And in the house already – Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian. Hello, fellas. Hi, Blair. Um, I wasn't worried about my hair when it was just you and me in the office, but now I see myself in the mirror, and, and uh, I'm sorry I don't look like the quality I should with you and Sam. Hey, you look fine, Vahe. You look fine. <laughs> you look better than Sam Mellinger, who just joined yeah, us. Here's, uh, here's some help. <laughs> help is on the way yeah f- you guys <laughs> what's up Sam <laughs> <laughs> we- is, yeah uh, that will not show up on the um, on the podcast later <laughs> <laughs> I hope it does <laughs> not that much after dark <laughs> alright let's start with um, what went what extremely well for the Chiefs well tonight and I believe and Sam McDowell, you were all over all over Tyreek Hill um, story. So let's let's get into it. Yeah, I was the only one all over Tyreek Hill based on today. Um, for whatever reason, the Bucks decided to to single cover Tyreek Hill all day, and we haven't seen that much all year. Um, we you know we've seen a lot of the the single safety stuff that we saw today, but usually that safety is a lot more towards Tyreek Hill. And today they tried to take away Travis Kelsey. And, you know, obviously we, we've talked about this a ton for, for two years now. It's a pick-your-poison deal. But um, they, for, for whatever reason, tried to leave Carlton Davis on Tyreek Hill. And we ended up with some great images on the sideline of Carlton Davis with his head buried in his hands, arguing with an assistant coach, just the works, because he could not, he could not stay with Tyreek Hill today. And I enjoyed how Tyreek Hill went to the rotary dial telephone on the sideline as well to, uh, to, to deliver a message to the Tampa Bay Bucks fans that CBS cameraman caught. But um, We finally figured out one bonus, Blair, of not being at the stadium. That was today when we got to see that highlight because we wouldn't have seen that if we were at the stadium. 
Nope. No, we would not have. No, we're, we're, we would have heard it. In, a, in, in 11 weeks, we're up to one. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Melliger, if you can, um, if you can keep your language clean, what, uh, tell us what, <laughs> what, uh, um, I, 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 I heard your, the question you asked Andy Reid. I thought it was really interesting. Kind of asking to contrast a couple of moments in the game. What'd you come up with? Yeah, well, I make no promises about the language, guys. Um, you, you've known me long enough for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really interesting how the the game. You know, he had these two. He had more than two, but he had these two that I that I focused on little decisions. Um, you know, these specific decisions. The first one on the first drive when they had fourth and goal from the one. And um, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I, I will never not want a team to go for fourth and goal from the one. Just you know, if you don't get it, the the, the worst situation is that the other team takes over at the one and we we know how teams typically play call um in, in those situations they kick the field goal which there's enough on the other side uh you want to get the early lead um i get it all these things um but then late and it's funny it's interesting to me too because at, at times andy reed is, is criticized as like being too conservative right um so fast forward to the end of the game they've got second nine um, and you know, the, the, the highest paid analyst in TV history is like screaming down. You gotta, you gotta run it, just run it twice. Give the ball, g- give the ball up with, you know, Brady will get the ball with like 25 seconds left, 90 yards to go. Um, you know, just, just go do that. And Andy recalls two pass plays. Um, and, and the first one, uh, it should have been a safe play, but you know, because it's a pass, the ball was really low. Edwards Hilaire had to make a really nice adjustment. Um, to, to come up with that catch. And then the second one, they move the pocket to the left, you know, the weak side, Mahomes steps up between defenders. There was kind of a rocket right down the, to the sideline to Tyreek. I mean, that's a hell of a gutsy call in that situation um, to seal it out. And, and Andy's explanation basically early was, you know, give me points and late was don't let Tom Brady back on the field. I just thought it was, it was just kind of a little interesting window into what I think is one of the most interesting minds of, of anybody that, that I've covered in, you know, 10 years in this job. I don't you think know, there's any way they could run the four minute drill without a couple of passes. And that's what it amounted yeah. to, right? This, this running game and this offensive line is not going to put together, you know, four minutes plus a two minute warning um, by just overpowering an opponent. No, that's exactly right. And that's one of the things I love about, especially the two passes late, even if they didn't work, um, you're, you're playing to your team's strength. You know, like how often, you know, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got a half billion dollar quarterback, like use him. And and that's what I loved about those situations. It's also why I think they should have gone for the fourth and one. Um, even though to be fair, they already did their little um, what, black pearl. Is that what we're calling it now? Of, of uh, you know, a double, is it one? It was two laterals, right? And then yeah, you, give your, you give your tight end the option of either, running over a cornerback or, or throwing it to the quarterback who was in the end zone. Um, so they already did that. So maybe they just felt like, uh, you know, let's just kick it and take the points. <laughs> it was kind of a funny, you know, contrast though, to, to let's do the, the quarterback emotion, double reverse pass option pass. And then, but we're not going to go for on fourth and one. Um, yeah. I know, I know there are different things, but it, it was sort of just felt like philosophical difference. <laughs> they are loving the uh, snap to Mahomes in motion lately. Um, is, is this like three weeks in a row now? Three games in a row. Three games in a row. Three games, yeah. Three games, you know, the, the other piece of uh, what Mellinger is talking about is 
it's not just that Patrick Mahomes is really, really good. It's that he's really, really smart in those situations. You know, the yeah. first time he ran for a first down, or uh, I guess, or was it the second first down, he realized that none of his options were open, and you could tell he was not going to throw it unless the completion was a sure thing or, or 90%, whatever his um, his ratio is there. And so he scrambled because he, he you could tell he felt like, I have to stay in bounds here. That's priority number one is to keep the clock rolling. But we're going to have the option to pass. So he ends up scrambling for a first down. I just don't know how many quarterbacks do that in that situation. Look, at, I mean, three first downs that, that he really was completely responsible for, I think, in that in that sequence, right? Two of them were with runs, making something out of nothing, really. And then Blair and I were sitting nearby each other, not too near, but nearby each other here in the office. And I, I think we thought we saw the same thing. As he scrambled on that third and seven pass, I, it looked like he was about ready to, to just say, well, I'm going to have to go down. And then, like he tells everybody else to do, and like he does, he kept the play going and he kept kept his eyes up and he saw the flash where he could get it to Tyreek Hill. And that, I mean, that is such a dimension to his game. It's the intelligence, it's the resourcefulness, it's the imagination and the execution all at once that um, just, you, you can't duplicate it. He really is. I think I've said this before, but he is so smart that if he had average talent, I think he'd be a good quarterback. And he is so talented that if he had average intelligence, I think he'd be a good quarterback. And and to have both of them along with all the support, it's it's unbelievable. It's absolutely incredible to watch. Hey, Herbie Teope with us as well. Herbie, what did we learn? That's what you write after every game. What's the what was your biggest takeaway from tonight? Outside of Tyreek Hill, I mean, I and you wrote a, you wrote about the defense. I thought the defense did a pretty darn good job, especially when you consider the last two weeks. Uh, Tampa Bay came into this game one of the top offenses as far as yards, total yards per game. And, and you know, the Chiefs defense did a good job initially. Obviously, they, they tacked on some points in the, the fourth quarter during that furious comeback attempt. But before that, they, did, they, they more than held their own. You know, they got some pressure on Brady, which was obviously missing last week. Uh, they, I think, I believe it was a, a sack and seven quarterback hits. And as Andy Reid mentioned after the game, to your question, you know, you don't necessarily have to bring him down. You just got to move him out of the pocket. And that's what they did. You know, they, they were able to consistently put pressure on him, led the two interceptions, one that bounced off of Daniel Sorensen's helmet right into uh, Matthew's hands, Tyron Matthew's hands. Uh, so I thought the defense did a pretty good job. The other thing that really stood out to me was the offensive line. Ooh, they had some issues today. Uh, that one drive, they had three offensive holdings. It was Eric Fisher, Nick Allegretti, and uh, Andrew Wiley, and they had their issues tonight. But other than that, you know, it was a pretty darn good game for the Chiefs overall, and I agree with you, your statement earlier. It doesn't matter where they go. It, it, it's, tonight's group was pretty impressive. I, I, I want to get back to the defense in a minute because I, I think there's more to say about that. Um, I want to say this about the holding calls. It was abysmal, but – what I did notice, it turned it into like a third and 20 or a third, second and 30 or third and 20. But the clock continued to roll after that, right? It's the old uh, the old uh, Bill Belichick move. You you take a penalty to burn clock, and that, that Chiefs possession was able to go for six minutes um, without, without scoring. But, Vahe, I wanted to get, talk to you because um, I know that you've got a column posted right now about uh, uh, the two quarterbacks in this game and just sort of the – you know, as much as you could try to capture the moment of 
Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Well, it's interesting, right? Because it, it, you know, Sam McDowell wrote a little bit about this earlier in the week, and it tomorrow's paper won't be the first time the term um, potential passing the torch will be used in uh, in our our fine uh, uh, outlet. But it, it 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 had a little bit of that feeling in a different way, right? It, it might be the last time they'll play each other. Uh, Patrick uh, now two and two against Brady. If if we all remember this right, I think. Brady's the only guy to have beaten Patrick twice, um, and and now in this game, I I, I just thought you saw something with Patrick that was uh, um, just affirmation of where he's going in his career, right? I, I was joking with Sam Mellinger a little bit, like, is it too soon to say he's the best player I've ever seen? And uh, not on a deadline column, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So the feeling was strong in the moment. Um, and, but he said it that way, right? And, if, and obviously, obviously everything you say about him is a little contingent on, you know, where he ends up with these numbers, where how many Super Bowls he wins, all these things. But my goodness, I, I just thought there was so much clarifying and defining about his game today. And that was before those last couple, that last drive, really, right? And the way he went about that drive, they won't be the highlight plays of his from this game but they were as crucial as anything else. A little bit like the the flip side of that at first that loss to Oakland. Remember when the Chiefs um, got it to 40-32, they, they never got the ball back with the chance to tie it, and that was basically what happened here, right? The, the, they never gave the ball back. You know, Vahe, I really didn't like that passing the torch line in my story. I was trying to find a way to ride around it, but now that I know that you've used it, I'm much better about it. Appreciate it. You feel much better about like that you almost avoided it. <laughs> I mean, if you thought it was good enough to copy, that copy it, then. way back last year in December when the Chiefs beat them in New England. <laughs> oh yeah, this goes goes way back. Well, I'm sure we'll pass the torch to another writer for it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, ton of comments here. Let's let's get into a few of the questions and, and comments. Um, Gary Higgins says three losers from today's game. Steve Spagnolo again, the front seven again. Uh, no show Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Um, Ever guys- optimist, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't. Know. Where does he get that from? What do you think, Kirby? I mean, you've already commented on the defense. I um, here, here's where I am. Again, in two games against the Raiders, the Raiders punted a total of four times. The Bucks punted four times in the first quarter tonight. Um, the Chiefs had had one multi-takeaway game before tonight, and tonight was the second one. So they did some things tonight that we haven't seen them do against the Raiders, the Panthers, the team that had given them trouble in, in recent weeks. And yet, and yet, they couldn't come up with a stop in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady took them down. You know, down the field twice, a couple of 70-plus yard drives and got him in the end zone. And I don't know how about you guys feel about it, but I, I was thinking if the if the Bucks and Tom Brady got the ball back again down three, um, uh, chances of them scoring might have been as good as the Chiefs last week when, you know, they went down and scored against the Raiders in the last minute and a half. So um, I think the Chiefs had to hold on to the ball for the final four minutes to get this thing won. But – but I, I do think that the defense played better today. They brought more pressure than we've seen from everybody, right? We saw corners blitz, with safeties blitz, linebackers blitz. There was pressure on 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 uh, Brady all night. 
Yeah, I mean, seven quarterback hits, two of them registered by Chris Jones. That says a lot. That means you, when you when you get when you get credit for hitting the quarterback, that means you are applying pressure. And they they were in Brady's face quite often, especially in that first half. Now, granted, you know, I will I will I'll agree with you in the second half. There, you know, there's a reason why I stopped writing midway through the fourth quarter when it looked like this game was going to be one of those oh here we go again type deals. But hey. It, but they held on. That's the key thing. But they were able to affect the passer. And, and that's the key thing. And with Brady, as, as we all know, you give him time in the pocket, he'll pick you apart. But, you know, they did their damage early enough and they built that lead enough where they were able to hold on. I know, one where, quick, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I was just going to say at one point on this Chris Jones thing, um, because I've heard it a lot, a lot of criticism of Chris Jones. When you watch the tape, he is getting double teamed on almost every single play. And that that's hard, especially for a guy on the inside to beat. And I wrote about this in, in today's paper already, but the difference in the in the pressure that the Chiefs are generating this year versus 2019 is the lack of contribution from the other guys. You know, Frank Clark and Chris Jones have nine and a half sacks combined this year. They're pretty close to in line with what they produced last season. The difference is those other guys average 1.8 sacks per game. This year, they're less than half that. They're at 0.8 sacks per game. You know, they're still their third leading sack guy is Taco Charlton. He's got two sacks all year. He's out and he's out. Their fourth leader has one sack all year. So it to me, when when Chris Jones and Frank Clark are demanding that much attention, and I think Frank Clark could play better. The rest of the guys, though, are the ones that have to make up this ground right now. Yeah, and you're right because Okafor has been hurt a lot. And remember last year, he was having yeah. a pretty good season before he landed on injured reserve. Emmanuel Ogba now having, yeah. tearing it up right now in Miami. He was having a pretty good year before he landed on injured reserve. And they just haven't found that guy on the other defensive end spot to generate that pressure. You're absolutely correct. Hanno Passanio, you would think that he would be that guy, but he's they're moving him all over the place. So he's not like – his sole job isn't always to rush the passer. Let's not forget last week he was dropping back in coverage. So, you know, they're using, utilizing passing you in a lot of different ways. We were talking a lot about Turk Morton uh, earlier this year. Haven't, uh, not much lately though, is it? Well, he got a pressure on the sack that they had that, and I, I think they probably gave Okafor and uh, Mike Dana a half sack each on that. Yeah. I didn't check the stats, but Morton was in the backfield. And I didn't see him play quite as much today, I didn't think. Okay. Yeah, we'll get the snap counts uh, first thing in the in the morning. So, um, this game, seventeen to nothing. I, I, what did you guys think? Tony Romo said something that kind of struck me. That um, uh, you, you know, teams that don't see the Chiefs as often as NFC teams NFC teams do, you know, or, or don't you know don't uh, know about their speed, can't figure out their speed, and I, I don't know if I agree with that. I. I it, the Chiefs play four NFC teams every year. They were uh, three and one against them last year, two and two against them each of the previous two years. Um, uh, what I just think it was a bad, a poor decision on the Bucks' part to single cover Tyreek Hill without a safety over the top. That was, I mean, that set the uh, certainly set the tone of the first half of the game. And and how much of the, how much you know would this game have, how how uninteresting would this game have been if the Chiefs in the red zone in the second quarter, about to go up twenty-four nothing, or at least twenty to nothing. You know, get uh, Mahomes gets strip sacked and, and loses the fumble. I I don't believe that had happened to him this year, and I can probably wow. count on one hand the number of times that it's happened to him in his it career. Only only uh, 
fumble he's lost. He'd only fumbled one other time. The only one he's lost. And I, I, I didn't get to independently check this out, but I, I'm sure it was right. On the broadcast, they said it was the first red zone turnover for the Chiefs in 17 games, which is pretty amazing. So you stack up those points, Blair. It really does uh, figure into a really weird game. I mean, they, they, they score touchdowns from 44 and 75 yards in the first half, and then they, they can't execute really in, in the red zone three times. And it's a different game if that happens. Uh, hey, one other thing, just while, while I've got the mic, the hot mic, as Sam Mellinger knows, um, <laughs> uh, I just want to say this about the defense. I, 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 it's it's maybe just reiterating what you guys have said, but it's kind of a Rorschach test how you look at their game today. You could sort of see what you wanted to in this game. Certainly it was they did more things to help them win and be an asset than they did the last two weeks. All those punts in the first half and – I think it was a, a net win on the first drive of the second half after the 48-yard pass to Gronkowski when the Bucks are on the move and they, they hold them to a field goal there. That's yeah. crucial. Um, that's all. Mike, back. Yeah, I thought that uh, – I, I know it's easy to blame the defense. But sometimes I feel like still um, we're working on just sort of muscle memory from like the, the, the last few Bob Sutton years when it was just always the defense's fault. Uh, this is going to be the highest scoring season in NFL history. The standards for the defense need to be lower. The standards for the offense need to be need to be higher, especially for this team. And Blair, you, you just made the point that I was just like screaming out of my eyeballs as you were talking about like it, the red zone stuff. In the second quarter, this game could have been done and dusted if the offense did what is reasonably expected for the offense to do. I just, you know, Tampa Bay's got a really good team, man, to, to hold them. I know they, they, it was like seven and a half yards per play. So I'm not, and, and those Frank Clark, you know, um, hand to the, to the helmet on Tom Brady. I mean, that's, that's in, that can't happen. Um, but to hold that team to 24 points and to get those takeaways, like you mentioned, um, you know, the, uh, the offense can do more than what 10 points over the last three quarters. You know, I, I don't think that's on the, the defense at all. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. I've got a line in my story about the defense tomorrow where I, I, I say it almost was, was, was uh, scared to write it that the, the offense let the defense down in the third quarter tonight because yeah. they get a couple yeah. of interceptions and, and, and Mahomes and the offense go three and out after each of them. You know, that was, that was another opportunity to yeah. seize the game and, and the, the offense couldn't do it. On, on a night when the offense was you know, phenomenal in, in different ways, they in that moment to take control of the game, unable to do that. And Andy, Andy Reid said something about it after the game as well. But Blair, did you sneak in an f bomb in that sentence though? Uh, did I? <laughs> it's been known to happen um, in these after dark uh, productions. Um, I would it, never. 
No, no, not, not, not by Sam. Um, <laughs> so Andrew, Andrew Leifer noticed, uh, we do have to give credit where it's due, multiple time Brady's lob passes, including that 48-yarder to Gronkowski, were sped up and not planned and resulted in solid plays on the back end. I mean, that Brady, I think, was halfway down when he released the ball to, to Gronkowski on that, that <laughs> long pass over the middle. That was just a, a terrific play by you know, a great quarterback and a great tight end. So the Chiefs did get to him. They did affect him. But he still ends up throwing for three forty-five and three touchdowns, and um, and that's look, I don't know, that's Tom Brady. And didn't the Bucks have every bit the motivation this week that the Chiefs did after playing poor defensively against the Raiders last Sunday night? The Bucks lose on Monday night at home to the to the LA Rams, and you hear Brady and Bruce Arians you know, the stories about them squabbling this week about. Uh, you know Brady misfiring on deep balls. He didn't didn't do much of that tonight. He he connected on several you know handful of passes that since he traveled over twenty yards. He was but oh for his last twenty two on those or something like that. So yeah, that that's a point that um, e- either Andy or or Tyron Matthew may as actually both of them I think in, in the post game made of of um, you know bringing the emotion again after the Raiders game because that that was an emotional game for the Chiefs same as the you know the the Bucks just played an emotional Monday game so you know that but that that also fits a hundred percent this thing that we've been talking about for a long time now of of the Chiefs they they'll they'll rise to the moment you know sometimes they'll fall to it <laughs> you know if, if the opponent is you know uninteresting but they they will rise to the moment this was basically a standalone national it wasn't sunday night football obviously or monday night football but in a lot of ways it was a standalone national you know kind of game of the week situation and uh you know i I think the chiefs rose to it and patrick mahomes did in a big way too Uh, you know the the 75 yard to tyree kill was by far the longest completion of the year and um and I'm sure Sam McDowell covered his story, but the the adjustment that Tyreek Hill made on that play, where he had tur- turned around and it was a, did a 360 to get into the end zone, that that was that was phenomenal. And I, to be honest with you, I thought Mahomes' best touchdown pass was the third one, uh, the 20 yarder. That yeah. he, uh, that that was just a <laughs> not many NFL players make that throw. Yeah, that first touchdown though traveled like sixty-one point six yards in the air, and that's the furthest that, that he's ever completed a pass with. That that was not. I mean, the trajectory on that, like the the <laughs> the launch angle. If we were talking about baseball, right? Like it, it was more of a line drive than it was a pop fly. I mean, he just he threw the crap out of that ball. That that was that was something. There was some velocity on that. Um. Paul Brashears says, don't do much left-right running and stretching the D, mostly right up the middle. When we had success running, it was Mahomes and Hill left-right. Kept running Bell and Clyde up the middle for three and five. Hey, look, Tampa Bay's got the best, if not the best, then one of the best rushing defenses in the league. And I, I thought that that option keeper by Mahomes that picked up 17 yards was the uh, was was the running play of the day. That was that was terrific. And And, of course, smart enough to run out of bounds and avoid contact. But um, listen, I, I thought the Chiefs, especially the early returns on the running game, were so bad. I just thought, you know, but Mahomes is—he's going to have big numbers because there's—they're they're not going to be able to run the ball. But I thought they did a decent job. They outgained Tampa Bay uh, rushing, and, uh, and uh, Bell and Edwards Alaire didn't have monster games, but they each had a double-digit run, and um, it, that part didn't hurt them. Uh, it, it didn't hurt them tonight, and. And when you've got Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he's got the ultimate advantage. The Bucks entered the game ranked first against the run in the league. You know, they only allowed 73 yards per game. 
and then the Chiefs put up 87. So you're absolutely correct. You know, when you're running against the Bucks defense, it was like pick your poison and they picked the right one. You know, 49 passing attempts compared to 20 rushing attempts. And the passing game was on. Yeah. Very Did you guys think – Go ahead, Sam. Just, sorry, but real quick, the, um, this is a little bit off topic. I apologize. But remember when McCole Hardman was wide open down the seam on the left yeah. side? Couldn't that throw have been more accurate? Yeah, for sure. I thought it was more – On the broadcast, they were blaming – it was like they were yeah. blaming Hardman, but the, the throw made Hardman kind of turn around. I thought yeah. it was more of a bad throw than a drop pass. I mean, it. I think yeah. it would have been – you, you like to see the guy catch that ball, but – it pulled him right. away, and it, it he was wide open if he led him properly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, that, that was, still had a good game. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> but no, that would have been a ninety-yard touchdown pass because nobody was catching McCole yeah. Hardman. And and I wonder right. if Hardman if Hardman right, was was where he was supposed to be on that. Now, Mahomes yeah. is good enough to make any kind of sight adjustment um, and see where McCole Hardman is. But that, that you know that could that could have been a phenomenal moment. And, and again, another, maybe another opportunity to bury the bucks. It, I can't exactly remember what the score was at that moment and what happened to the chiefs um, possession there, but, but th- that was another kind of missed opportunity, not another, but a, but a missed opportunity. And, and that was, you know, Mahomes worst throw of the game. I, I got to think. That's where we are with this guy. Like we're wondering if, Mah- if McCall Hardman <laughs> just couldn't have been in the right place, if that's where the pass was. <laughs> well, you know, you know, another thing like that, when he, with Patrick uh, through the interception and the flag went out there, I was certain, well, he knew it was a free play because uh, otherwise it, he wouldn't have thrown it so poorly. And then it turned out actually it was roughing the passer that time. Uh, so it wasn't, he knew it was a free play, but I just gave him the benefit of the doubt. He, he just knows. <laughs> he just knows we when we figured out he's, he's up to 30 touchdowns and, and two interceptions for the year you know he's he's got a chance he's got a chance to have a nice season um <laughs> uh, i don't know what it, i don't know what his yards are up to but um so i guess i mean we can talk about this on thursday when we come back but uh let's just say he didn't do anything to hurt his uh mvp chances here tonight um yeah so hey so anyway uh larry looper was asking about um uh, just about uh, uh, the playoff picture and and uh, keeping up with the Steelers and everything. Um, the Chiefs, I I, I, w- I think the Chiefs would be favored against any team in the NFL on a neutral field, right? Um, and I think they'd maybe be favored against any team on their home field. Uh, now, you know, they were three and a half point favorite today at Tampa. Maybe they wouldn't be favored at Pittsburgh, um, but. I don't know where else they would be an underdog and they, they would play Pittsburgh in, in Pittsburgh. If the, you know, if, if things were, you know, if they ended today, but you know, the chiefs have been as good on the road, if not better than they have been at Arrowhead stadium this year. And, and uh, I, I just, I, when, when you've got, when you've got this offense and these weapons, I just don't, I don't see any place where they're, they're not going to, they're not going to win. I, I just, I don't see it. First, first of all, pour, pour one out for the people that did have that Chiefs at three and a half because that was a rough way to lose that one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, P- Pennsylvania is not allowing these football teams to have fans right now. I, I mean, the Chiefs are good on the road already. They were as good last year on the road as they were at home. You know, we saw them lose back-to-back games at home. Um, 
I, I just don't, I don't see the home road thing mattering all that much, especially for this team. Uh, totally. Uh, and, and in some ways, Mahomes can take advantage of it um, in ways that other quarterbacks, you know, the, the hard count, um, you know, Sam, you, you should write about that at some point. Uh, Mahomes used right. to the hard count, but he, he got the bucks. It was twice on that opening drive. And then I can't remember now if, uh, how many times if, yeah, if at all the rest of the time. So um, yeah, one more, yeah. Mahomes catching a break. Finally. <laughs> Matt O'Connor uh, checks in from the from the uh, West Coast. Tyreek has become the dream of what every team's speed guy has hoped to be: route ball tracking, high pointing hands, and toughness. That's absolutely right. I mean, he's yeah, um, he he has really developed. He's he's got to be um, all pro an all pro wide receiver this year. I think we've determined he, he after tonight he leads the NFL in receiving yards, and he's got to be right there at the top in touchdowns too. Is Herbie still here? Herbie's here. I've. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Why are you asking? I just had, hadn't heard from him in a while. Who wants to know? <laughs> Who wants to know? Your compadre. All right, let's um, let, let, let's wrap it up. A lot, a lot of great comments and questions tonight. Thanks, you guys. And um, um, and uh, I know we, we're still working on some stories. Uh, be sure to to read the coverage on KansasCity.com in the print editions of the Kansas City Star. And I just want to say for Herbie Teope, who is still with us, and Sam Mellinger <laughs> and Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell, uh, and our producer, Beth Welsh, who has bread baking in the oven in her house right now. Um, and I don't think she's planning on sharing. Um, but anyway, Beth, thanks a lot. And thank you guys. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday as the Chiefs prepare to meet the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football. Take care, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the star's terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass. For 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.